Hello, this is John Deke, celebrating 25 years of the Very Young Composers, a program of the New York Philharmonic. This work is by 11-year-old Aino Hartonen from Finland, and it's called Two Worlds. This is scene 28, from New York to Finland. Performance opportunities were growing for the music that our very young composers were now bringing to life, as were the chances to work with a larger and more diverse group of kids. Ted remarked one day, John, it's beginning to look like the VYC is not just a program anymore, turning into a movement. Well, I didn't believe that at the time, but perhaps it was. People often ask me how we got to work in so many locations and countries. So here's an example of the roundabout way we got established in Finland, one of the three great music education places of innovation that I was after. In New York, one of my favorite affiliations had been afforded by the New York Chamber Music Festival, run by Howard Wall of the Philharmonic and his wife, a world-class violin soloist, Elmira Darvarova. She had recently been concertmaster of the Metropolitan Opera Orchestra and was now touring the world as a soloist. She and Howard invited me to present a VYC concert on their series at my favorite old venue, Symphony Space, on the Upper West Side, just a few blocks from my apartment on near 96th Street. I had been one of the original artists presenting at the founding of Symphony Space. I had appeared as a soloist in the first wall-to-wall John Cage concert and had presented my own works there many times. I even collaborated with the co-founder, Isaiah Sheffer, as librettist on my chamber opera, The Passion of Scrooge, for the aforementioned Christopher Kendall and his group. But more about that later. Now, in September of 2010, I gathered together about eight prime New York musicians and several VYC students who could muster up their compositions over the summer so that they could be played at the beginning of September before the start of the school year or the concert season at Lincoln Center. Without going into great detail over the beauty of the compositions by some of our students, such as 10 to 12-year-old Anais Reno, Austin Celestin, Milo Panawazig, oh, so many more. These amazing kids all provided inspiration as precursors to our current summer programs, which have been so successful in keeping kids' creative juices flowing instead of allowing them to stagnate over the summer months. The crop of pieces that our kids produced over that summer of 2010 and succeeding years were astounding to me and to all of us, and mostly without even notational help. Think about that. The enormously difficult process of score preparation was being handled by the students themselves with only minimal oversight by me and the teaching artists who were off on other pursuits over the summer months. The first concert amazed everyone with the fresh quality and liveliness of the kids' pieces. It was also to have an unexpectedly fruitful outcome. On a chance encounter one day with the young professional composer from Finland, Ilari Kaila, I casually asked him if he wanted to attend the Symphony Space concert. 
Usually, these kinds of invitations, though sincerely meant, rarely result in attendance. But there was Ilari, bright and early, even hearing some of the last of the dress rehearsal and sound checks. In short, he was impressed enough to grab me after the concert for a drink and to put forth the idea of introducing the VYC to Finland. As I say, I was already quite aware of Finland's preeminence, not only in music, but in education in general. Remember, after all, that one of my favorite composers was Jean Sibelius, and I knew that our own musical education system in America could only look at that of the Finns with envy. As a matter of fact, as far as I was concerned, the three countries with the most innovative music education systems in the world were Venezuela, Korea, and Finland. And so, as with Venezuela and with South Korea, I spoke with Ilari, expressing that I imagine I would have far more to learn from the Finns than they from me, the VYC notwithstanding. But he was reassuring enough to say that he put me into contact with a woman at the Sibelius Conservatory who was probably the most influential music education specialist in the entire country, Rita Tikanen. I thanked him profusely and intended to follow through with the contact, but in the flurry of starting the season and expanding classes, I suppose I'd let the issue go for a few weeks. To my pleasant surprise, Rita contacted me, asking why I hadn't been more quick to respond. She'd been impressed by Ilari's description and wanted to hear more, much more. We had sent her a copy of our new online handbook, The Very Young Composer a Child Composes for the Orchestra. It was put together under the leadership of the indomitable Paola Prestini, and, well, I didn't need to be nudged more than once. I was delighted to pursue the idea of going to Finland to try the program in such a famous musical country. Wow. Intimidation much? Orchestral music, may I say, is a source of national pride for the Finns, comparable, let's say, to a combination for us of a major league sports team and the current rock star. I mean it. So it took a while to hammer out the logistics, but as I said, as long as Ilari could accompany me, I'd be delighted to go. Ted was on board with the idea, and the Credit Suisse directive put through enough funding to pay for Ilari's trip with me. Ilari would often joke about his own compatriots. How do you tell if a Finn is an extrovert? Answer. Because he's talking to you, and he looks at your shoes, not his own. Hmm. <laughs> well, we'll see about that. We wound up going in the fall of 2011 for the first of what would become many joyful and fruitful visits to that country. At first, I told Rita that I would just demonstrate the techniques of working with children ages 9 to 13, and we could talk then about arranging a concert the following year. But Rita moved fast. And before I even got there, had secured the attention of, get this, the Helsinki Philharmonic, the National Radio Orchestra, the Finnish National Opera, had gathered at least six prime candidates for teaching artists, and the requisite 10 or 12 students of varying musical backgrounds 
And I hasten to add that almost every Finnish child is far better acquainted musically than most American children. What a lineup! On top of that, my Minnesota friend of the American Composers Forum, Linda Heschler, had just been to Finland and had hooked me up with a reporter from one of the major Finnish magazines for an interview. Upon landing in Helsinki for the first time, I was alone. I felt unsure of myself. Had I prepared properly? The reputation of the Finns had basically, yeah, as I say, intimidated me. Ilari would join me later, but for now I was on my own. The signs in Vanta Airport were all in three languages, Finnish, Swedish, and English. Easy, right? Nevertheless, I still managed to get lost and had to ask several times for directions. Finally, locating my luggage, I was confused about the transportation into town and settled for hailing a taxi. At least that was a good choice, since the driver was quite helpful in dropping me off at the hotel told me how to get to the Sibelius Academy. He refused a tip, laughing. <laughs> I found out that Finns can even take insult at the offer of any gratuity. <laughs> I dropped off my luggage and caught a tram, fun, in the direction of the Academy. And there it was, commanding a central place at the city's center, a newly finished, imposing, sleek structure. I had no idea where to enter or where I might find my contacts. I needn't have worried. There they were, with Rita at the head, enthusiastically beckoning me into the lobby. Ilari had evidently told them when my flight arrived, and they were ready and waiting. Warm smiles, handshakes, and even hugs all around. <laughs> so, where is this supposed Finnish reticence? We walked into the soaring architectural space of the Helsinki Music Center. In its reach are four concert halls and a deliciously inspiring black box theater, not to mention the Sibelius Academy itself, one of the great music schools of the world. The main hall at its center is so acoustically marvelous that it is reported that the members of the Radio Symphony were in tears at the first rehearsal, finally being able to play an acoustics that they'd been longing for all their lives. Simply overwhelming. So the five of us then stretched out in a spacious café in the building to assess our tasks for the coming week. Rita, as I mentioned, creative music education specialist of the Sibelius Academy, Oli Kortikangas, prominent national composer, Jovanka Turbojevic, prominent composer who works with children, Ilari Kaila, as I mentioned, my project co-leader, and me. Soon to join us would be Yuka Linkula, internationally known film composer and conductor, and Tula Yukula Nuortiva, <laughs> celebrated education director of the Finnish National Opera. Whew. As I say, that's an imposing lineup. And yet, everyone speaks excellent English. Better than we do in New York, I said. And the work and the needs of the children seem virtually the same everywhere. Hmm, well, maybe not since the conditions and treatment of children around the world vary so wildly from country to country. But more on that later. I can't believe the excitement in the air as we plan the logistics of the coming week. 
Several hours later, we make a break, the magazine interview, photographs. I crash in the hotel for a brief hour before the evening concert, which I will remember for the rest of my life. In short, I am to hear the Sibelius Fifth Symphony in the Yulasali, the same hall where it was premiered in 1915. On top of that, the festival orchestra plays Finlandia, where it was also played during the First World War as the Finns were struggling for independence. It was overpowering. Even in the first part of the concert, conducted by Ole Mustonen, which featured his own work, I was so struck by his pastoral concerto that I stood up and applauded. I was seated in the fifth row with Ilari at that point. He laughed and told me at intermission that John Finns rarely give standing ovations, <laughs> but they followed my example and the audience stood. <laughs> After intermission for the Sibelius Fifth, I knew that I couldn't be a passive audience member, so I stood in the rear of the hall and fairly danced to that symphony almost constantly in tears. The very next morning, we're to start on our grand experiment, beginning with teaching artist training. Our team has grown. Greeting Ilari and myself are the six designated teaching artists, plus a dozen or more observers, teachers, composers, and TV cameras. After a few remarks of introduction, I rearrange the room in a large circle, inviting all to play in a rhythmic name game. I want us all to imagine ourselves as children. So much of what I learned I owe to the Philharmonic teaching artists and other places that I've delved into. The name game goes surprisingly well. Finnish names are not only more complex and rhythmic than my name, but our attendees seem to take the little idea and run with it. They expand and even break the rules of the setup. Clearly, I'm dealing with experts who love what they're doing and eager for fresh approaches. We then do a rhythmic game, which we developed with the VYC teaching artists in Wisconsin. A three-part polyrhythm is set up, traded, the leadership passed around to different conductors. Again, the Finnish TAs eagerly take the game, altering tempo, riffs, dance, and even drama. Such body movement, expression, uh, hey, are we in Finland or Brazil, for heaven's sake? So much for the reputation of Finnish restraint and reticence. Next, Ilari and I work on pitch games, ear fantasy, singing games, and then the instrument interviews. I worked out the instrument interview approach with David Doc Wallace. I lead off with my instrument to model the process, then encourage other TAs to let their instruments become living personages, which are then, quote-unquote, interviewed or questioned for their expressive, sonic, jazzy, fun qualities. Play this melody. Make a sound like a steam engine, an elephant, a tiger, like you're afraid, angry, joyful. The interviewers are then given five minutes to graphically draw with crayons or markers two sounds they'd like to hear on each instrument or a melody. The results are hilarious and yet somehow deep. Finally, we do the geographical sound game, which I patched together from our New York TAs, Hillary Easton, Bill Gord, and others. The players 
then divide up into groups of three are given a secret task to collectively compose a piece expressing, say, tropical, ocean, arctic, or city. They are to huddle together and construct a one-minute piece expressing that earth form, and their piece should have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Then all come back together, each performing their piece, and the others try to guess what they are expressing, commenting on the process. Again, the results were stunning, original, thinking outside the box, and it was clear that this gave insight into the composing process. Ah, a fine morning's work. But we are not finished yet with the professional development, or PD, training. In the afternoon, we devote ourselves completely to mock scribing, a fundamental part of the VYC process. The TAs pair off. Participant A composes in graphic notation or through song demonstration, gestures, dance, or verbally. Participant B scribes A's music in standard notation, asking questions, probing feelings, details, specific instruments and ranges, but never arranges the piece, taking only what A has expressed. Got it? After a half hour or so, they reverse, and A scribes for B. This is another process we worked out with the Wisconsin affiliate, which we'll discover in scene 30. Anyway, we then have a performance of those pieces, mostly 45 seconds to a minute, but quite complex given the time limitation. Even the observers are pressed into service as willing and as they are available. We do have the luxury of all six TAs being expert instrumentalists, so the performances are stunningly vivid. Not all of them are composers, which, by the way, was a big question for me and still is. However, here, the TAs are so exquisitely trained that this is not an issue. In fact, they are all expressed a thrill at being able to produce something by themselves, completely freely, without rules or guidelines. Whoa! They will be incredible mentors for the children who come the next day. The TAs are Ville. Kutala, Alina Makitalo, Paivi Olikanin, Maya Sinisalo, Hanna Tuomila, and Annika Vitanen. Sorry for my bad pronunciation. Huh. Uh, I dare you to try. Anyway, their personalities and dedicated musicianship are clear to me from the first and remain to this day. By quitting time, we are all exhausted and repair to the famous Urki's pub for some of the best beer I've ever had the pleasure of trying. The process of teaching artist training, which Ilari and I had thought originally would take an entire week, has been splendidly accomplished in one full day. This is the end of scene 28. The next scene will take us further into Finland and on to Korea. <laughs>